Welcome! I'm Yuan Nielsen. And I'm Lincoln Murphy. And this is Impact Weekly. We're here to help you make your customers successful. Each week, we answer your most pressing customer success management questions by relying on our years of experience with companies around the world. Let's get this going. Hey, this is Lincoln. Will customer success even be needed in a few years? That was the question we started discussing in last week's episode, where Johan and I set the stage for this really interesting existential discussion about customer success's future. And we even got through the first of five reasons it'll still be needed. In this episode, we continue the conversation with reasons two through five that customer success will still be needed in a few years. Now, Before we jump back into our conversation, I want to remind you that we have a brand new program starting at Impact Academy on March 4th, 2024, that's all about customer-centric automations and digital customer success. A link to learn more and sign up is in the show notes or description for this episode. Okay, here we go with part two of this super fun conversation on whether or not customer success will even be needed in a few years. Take it away, Johan. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. It's uh, time for Impact Weekly. Fresh new question coming in here, Lincoln. I'll just hit it off here. Hi, guys. Uh, The pod is great. Uh, Here is a somewhat provocative question. Will customer success even be needed in a few years? Would love to get your view on this. And, And I think that's getting into number two here, which is basically that it's about evolution not elimination. Back to the questionnaire again. So will customer success be needed? Yes. Will it be the same as you do today? Probably not. It needs to evolve. I think that's like the main thing here is that if you are doing basically the, back to the hotel hospitality example, there, if you're doing the reception work, handing out keys, you that type of tasks will not be needed most likely in the coming years. But if you are doing the more value-added things, or you need to move into that if you're not already doing that. And I think this is also what the evolution part is all about here, to help. You can automate things, you can add technology, you can do a lot of things to improve efficiency. And by doing that, unlock your customer success team to do the more strategic, the more high-value things that will, will really have impact on your customers. I think it's a very important way to look at things. And of course, you need to evaluate the skills, the competence, the team you have, if they are ready to do this next level, take the next step with where the company is going as well. Uh, or you need to train them perhaps to get right. there. Yeah, you, you got me thinking when you, because you said, if you're just handing out keys, that's not necessarily something you need a, a human to do. And I think that's really, like when you're trying to figure out where you should rely on technology, self-deflect to self-service and or keep a human in, in, in the loop. I think that was, the way you said it was just, it really sparked something. It was like, if all you're doing is handing out keys, that can be done by a computer, can be done by a machine, whatever. So you have to go back and ask yourself, is that all that the customer is needing from that person exactly. at that time? Is the customer expecting more? And if the answer is no, literally, they go check in, they go through, the, obviously, they'll be nice and small talk and everything. But mm. honestly, 
they're just giving over a passport or driver's license or something and mm. a credit card and then checking in. It's, they're going through a transaction that, that, and there's no other value being added to, to mm. like you were talking about. Then that really is something that can be replaced most likely. Yeah. And the customer is not going to feel like their appropriate experience is being violated. Mm. But if the customers are coming there, checking in, getting the key, and also asking for dinner recommendations mm. or where to sites to see or yeah. whatever, mm. then the customer's expectation isn't just that they're getting a key. So this is so why am I saying it like that? Because mm. if you look at it, this person is just handing out a key. Exactly. Yes. Then you're missing what the customer truly gets from that interaction. So Really pay attention to that. Is this just literally a transaction where they get the key or is there more to it? And if there's more to it and you decide to offload that to just a computer at the kiosk, mm. then you may be violating your customer's appropriate experience. So I don't know. The way you yes. said it just really sparked that. I was like, that's a really good check that I want you to make sure you run. Like, yes. Are, do I think my, pers- my, my people are really just doing this one thing? Mm. And is that accurate? Anyway. Yes. No. Great point. And I think also, are you as a CSM, customer success manager, do you see yourself only being a person handing out keys? Mm. Because you need to think about yourself as not being, in that case, of course, you could be replaced if you're worried about that. But if you see yourself as uh, a guide, a host, a barista, a personal Mm. trainer, whatever, Mm -hmm. that will add to the experience and will help the customer, the guest in this hotel example we use, to get the best experience and really uh, what, what they're looking for, then you're not replaceable uh, because that's uh, what they're looking for. It's very important how you view this going forward. And I think this will also open up opportunities that we're missing right now. We are so busy handing out keys, but if we automate that, we will have time, resources to do more things that will add more value and actually improve the experience and also help our customers achieve their goals faster. I think so. that's the, the, the evolution part. Yeah. And so an example, just to, to take this one step further, if you offloaded the key handing out to a kiosk, you had it very clearly had a concierge or had mm. a local guide or something that was very obvious. That's what they're there for. The people that don't need that can just go to the kiosk and get their key. But the people that want that interaction with a human who want those recommendations and not just looking, not just Googling stuff, but they want to be able to talk to somebody about it. That's there for them. So again, putting the right people in the right place. And then you get some scale, right? Because you don't need five people working the check-in lines. You just need one person or or, or a couple of people that can work with uh, guests that want some recommendations. So I think that there's, that was, I don't know, that was really, that's, you you sparked my thinking there, but I appreciate that. All right. So let's go. Number three is the value shift. So we've talked about the shift from growth at all costs to, mm-hmm. to now moving in some cases, just purely efficiency and cost optimization to some are still looking for growth, but just looking for more efficient growth. Mm-hmm. And I think it's critical that as head of customer success, you try to optimize your operation to make it as efficient as possible. Not just for this efficiency era that we're in, 
But honestly, you should have been doing that all along. This idea that we'll just have a bunch of people and hopefully that'll work. As we said earlier, even where, even in situations where they quote unquote threw bodies at the situation, the reality is those CSMs were, were most often still far over capacity, working with two or three times yep. as many customers as they should because true capacity planning was not done. This idea of how many person hours are required to work with a customer at, across the various lifecycle stages so that we can actually understand how many customers our CSM or other individual contributors like onboarding specialists can actually work with. And then from there, what can we do to optimize that? That, is, that was really not, not done. And this idea of becoming more efficient and focusing on optimizing the cost, that shouldn't be a new focus. That should have been something that you were doing all along. Obviously, we can't go back in time and fix that. So we need to just do that going forward. Yeah. But the reason we want to do that going forward, even if we do, everything becomes great again and we go back to just growth at all costs, we still need to know how many person hours, what's required for our team to be able to deliver our customers appropriate experience. Because we talked about this idea of having a bunch of people just throwing people at the problem. Again, those people were still generally over capacity, which means the customers were not getting their appropriate experience because the CSMs couldn't spend as much time with the customers as they needed to. Mm. So we still had high churn or relatively yeah. high churn. We still had generally very high mm. contraction. Churn mm. might not have been as much of an issue, but revenue churn or contraction where the customers stay, pay us less for the to do. That was up because the customers were not achieving their appropriate experience. They were not going through onboarding as efficiently as they could. Adoption was stalled. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Likely so a lot of expansion missed out on. And absolutely. Business. Yeah. Look, the symptom that comes from all these other things, slowed onboarding, slowed adoption, things that are causing the churn, things that are causing contraction are absolutely going to be things that don't lead to expansion. Yes. Yeah. We're definitely not going to be growing in that situation or we're not going to be growing revenue at a rate. And so we're going to have an NRR less than 100%, mm. which is not what we want. We want to be greater than 100%. We want to be growing. So we need to be focused on efficiency regardless of yes. what else is going on. So we need to make sure that we're doing capacity planning and, and all of that. Yeah. Of course, that's something that we cover in our head of customer success training on, yeah. on the one that's focused on scaling at Impact Academy. But regardless of where you learn how to do that, just figure out how to make sure you have the right resources in the right place so mm -hmm. that you can deliver uh, your customer's appropriate experience in a way that, that, that works for them and works for you as well. Because if you yeah. don't, then something's got to give. And exactly. we might make these knee-jerk reactions. And yeah, and I think efficiency, it's also, it's a, relative, it's a relative game, right? Or you're on a market, so you have competitors, you have alternatives. And so efficiency, you need to constantly work on that to be competitive and to free up resources to do the real customer success work as well. So it, that... The, I think they are not mutually exclusive, rather, rather the opposite. I think they work hand in hand, actually, to build a really strong customer success organization. For sure. So that was number three. Um, number four here is technology, of course. Technology is behind this. We talked about AI. We talked about scaling, efficiency. And we are strong believers, of course, in that technology will be essential for customer success going forward. And, and that's probably just going to be more and more. I think that's also a very big part of why customer success will be important going forward. And we need, a, you, we need someone to drive this. Technology will help us, enable us. It will free up time. It will be, uh, 
yeah, catalyst for us to do a lot more, but, but it's going to keep, it's going to be, be more and more important. And that's also something we get a lot of questions around how to optimize things, how to use technology in the right way. How can we, how can we work with customer success in an efficient way? using messaging, using uh, conversations with customers in an automated, scalable way. So that's also why we have this new, new program at Impact Academy where we uh, basically talk about customer-centric automations. Yeah. We were, we, this is also an area where, where a lot of companies get it wrong and actually hurt more uh, relationships than they build and create. So, but in this program, we're going to dig deep into this area and uh, help anyone who's uh, looking to improve here. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about that program. I, this, is, this is definitely an area where, you know, again, if you, for whatever reason and however you're going to, to do it, whether you're looking to just get rid of your entire customer success management operation as it is and replace it with a digital only uh, motion, which I would, you know, maybe recommend mm-hmm. that you take a step back and think that through, or you're looking to augment your humans yes. with self-service deflection, async comms and, and automations, which is great. You can still do it wrong and you can very efficiently violate the appropriate experience of a lot of customers all at one time. Be, we have to be careful. We have to do it right. But, but yeah, taking advantage of the tools that we have just in the last year and a half, AI has just transformed a lot of the things that we can do that or transform the way that we operate. And we can do a lot of things that we just only dreamed of being able to do before mm-hmm. that and being able to take a sales call and pull out goal discovery from that instead of mm-hmm. having to have a salesperson turn over goal discovery to us. Listening, basically taking a transcript of a call that a CSM has with a customer and pulling out coaching notes for them mm-hmm. based on some best practices there. Like things like that are, we can do that right now. And that really helps scale everybody aside from all the other cool stuff that AI can do. So we have a lot of opportunity there to, to leverage technology, AI or otherwise. You know, by the way, AI isn't everything. There's a lot of great no. software that isn't AI. And a lot of stuff that says it's AI is mostly just old school software with some yeah. API calls to open AI. Anyway, but the bottom line is leverage technology where you can, and we can take those human interactions that maybe our customers value mm. a lot. They value that Maybe they even require it. We have to have synchronous one-on-one meetings with our customers. Maybe we have to have those in person. Okay. Mm. That, okay. So great. That's a requirement from our customer. How do we make sure those meetings are as efficient as possible? Yes. How, how do we make sure, because meetings are, as we say on this pod all the time, meetings with your customer are like the most expensive thing we do because it's yeah. not just the, the, the cost of the CSM's time with the customer, but the opportunity cost because they can't be doing anything else. Yes. This is all they get, all they have to do in that time. So we want to make sure those meetings are as efficient and effective as possible, effective so that the customers will want to come back to the next meeting and that the meeting's actually moving them forward, right? That exactly. they're actually moving the customer in the direction we need them to go. So we can leverage technology to do that. So it's not like we're yes. trying to eliminate the, no. the human interaction. We're just trying to make sure that it's as effective and efficient as possible. Exactly. And measurable. So you really know what works and don't work. For a lot of teams out there, I talk to a lot of heads of customer success that have a sort of a black box. They know everybody's working every day, 40 hours a week, but, and they do a lot of things. But what really is 
making the difference, then what uh, for the customer, what is making the real difference here? Yeah. And if you don't measure that, if you don't know how to measure that, and if you don't know what, what to measure, basically you, you will keep having a black box to operate. And that's, of course, not a good way to automate, automate anything. No, we talk about automating things, and we're going to cover this in the automation program. But look, when you automate stuff, you are essentially taking things that you would you could do manually yes. and you are creating a way to do that in a scalable way that's that's a a really simplified yes. view of it but essentially take that's things it. that work and make them work more more efficiently more consistently that kind of thing yes but you can also take things that don't work and scale that up and we were i remember you sent you forwarded me an email the other day <laughs> it was an automated email yes, yes. It was just an example of like, a ter- this is a terrible email. And I think my response was, but you can automate things that still seem like they're sent from a human. Because this was just, it was an automated email, but it was written like it was supposed to be an automated email. In other words, it was like a robot wrote it, but not like a modern robot with AI. Mm. <laughs> like, no. yeah. like an old school robot. Anyway, my point was no. like, you can automate things in a way that still engages the customer or the user or whoever you're trying yes. to engage. It doesn't have to be something that feels automated. In fact, if we do it right, it's, mm. it, we're not trying to trick anybody. It just, but it feels like it, it resonates. It's the right message, yes. right time in, in the right channel, the right modality. Yeah. And it's not just something that, that we're taking and just trying to scale it up regardless. And so that email right. was an example of one that I can guarantee you doesn't work. And all they did was scaled up something that doesn't work. Mm. So we want to, no. you know, and, understand- and that's quite common. It's quite common oh, yeah. that you start, you begin automate before you know what you want, yes. what works and not works. Yeah. So, yeah. so you, you have to have, you have to have measures of success. You have to know what you're trying to automate. You have to know what you're trying to get out of this automation to know whether or not it yes. will work in the first place. But yeah, you're right. You can't just take something, you can actually, and people do, yeah. but the yes. results are not going to be that great. So you need no. to figure out what works and then figure out how to scale it. I was, one of the questions we get a lot just in general in customer success talking about scale, it's not necessarily in terms of automations or whatever, but just anything is, but how do I scale that? Like just mm. anything. And I say to people, if it works, you'll figure out a way to scale it. But let's figure out if it works first. Exactly. Because if it doesn't work, we won't, who cares? We don't need to scale it. But if it's working, then we'll figure out ways to make sure that it works at whatever level of scale that it, it needs to. So we need to start there. I think that's, I didn't mean to hijack your, your fourth point here on technology. Oh. It leads quite nicely into the fifth, right? It does. All of these are related. The fifth one is the human tech synergy. And that's really just making sure that we are using technology to to scale our humans, to augment our humans, not mm. necessarily replace them completely, making sure that we look at what the appropriate experience is for our customers. And this is what I say, your appropriate experience is almost always going to be, at least right now, some ratio of human to technology interactions. So it's going to be some sort of synchronous engagement and some sort of self-service async or automations, the ratio is going to be determined by 
the appropriate experience of the customer. Now, you may have some customer segments which are, are mostly or almost entirely self-service, async automations, maybe just inbound, like we're there when they need us. But outside of that, everything else is probably going to be some ratio of humans to technology. And that ratio is going to be determined by the customer's appropriate experience. And if you determine that without taking their appropriate experience into consideration, so you violate that, that human to tech synergy that needs to be mm-hmm. there, then you're going to be delivering an inappropriate experience. And you will probably have some of the ramifications of doing so, which is, again, increased churn or mm-hmm. less retention, definitely increased contraction at renewal. And you will probably see less expansion and fewer advocates for you because they're not getting that appropriate experience. So we want to make sure that we maintain human to technology synergy and that we have the right ratio of those things for the customer based on their appropriate experience. Yes. So that's our five, the five things we want this person to take with them to basically make sure they have a strong customer success for many years to come. So that's a wrap for this episode. See you all soon. Hey, Lincoln here again. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Now, don't forget, we really set the stage for this conversation and covered the first reason customer success will still be around in a few years in last week's episode. So go back and listen to that if you haven't. And remember, our Impact Academy training program on customer-centric automations and digital customer success starts on March 4th, 2024. A link to learn more and sign up is in the show notes or description for this episode. Talk to you next week. Hey, thanks for listening. Do you want to bring your customer success to the next level? Check out Impact Academy. We have training programs for customer success managers and for leaders in customer success.